Space Exchange. I remember the last time we were in D.C., you were talking about a trip where not only you went to Kenya, I think this was your second trip, but you took your mom and you took your best friend and I think you took some other people. So walk me through that second trip and then we'll go back in time and talk about how you made it all happen. But I want to hear about your most recent trip to Kenya. What was that like? I don't even know where to start with my recent trip to Kenya, but there was a difference. So my first trip to Africa was to Ghana, which is through the... um, the cultural immersion trip that Howard facilitated. That was a great experience in itself because I was I was there with Howard students, but it was it was a difference when I was going with with my family, you know, with my mom, with my my best friend Jasmine and her brother, and then one of my mom's best friends. They had all contributed to this fundraiser. I started to build a school in Kenya, so it was that much more special because they were a part of making it happen. You know, they were a part of building the school. You know, when you get to Nairobi, it's it kind of reminds you of like a you know, a, a city in the United States, but then we took these planes to the, the to the Maasai Mara. Our phones stopped working. We thought our phones were gonna work. No type of service. Once we walk, get off these planes, there's like zebras a hundred feet away from us. Like it's literally like that real of an experience. We're like, oh my goodness, there's like zebras walking by, and like it, it just was. It was amazing. We were welcomed with like so much love and joy, and just we were we were just impressed by like the students there so much. They were just so intelligent. And I think when people hear about countries that are like not developed, they think that like, oh, you know, poor them. They're like, how do, how do we come in and like save, save this country? But we've learned so much from the girls at the schools that we, um, that we went to in, in Kenya. Like a, a lot of the students could speak like at two to three languages. They like, they're, they're on the schedule where they like wake up at 4 a.m. The trip that we were on, it was facilitated by this organization called um, Me to We, and it's um, it's a Canadian-based organization. So we were actually the only Black people on the trip. The people that we were staying with, you know, who lived in Kenya, they were basically saying, "Next time you have to bring more people who look like us." They're not used to seeing as many Black people, and so that was kind of like the charge that I left with. I wanted to bring more people of color to experience this because for us it kind of felt like a homecoming. Elise, we just kind of pressed fast forward over the part that you actually started a school in Africa. We didn't talk about that. I mean, how do you start a school in Africa? And then if it involves some type of fundraising, when you start a school in Africa, does that mean like you're paying for textbooks, you're paying for teachers, there's folks out there who want to be able to do the same thing that you're doing? How does that How does that even happen? Well, the way that I went about this was seeing that um, a Howard alumna, her name is Halima Nash, that she was able to, you know, start this fundraiser. But she, and I saw the organization that she did this through, which was, um, you know, Me to We, the charity. Because on my own, I don't know how, like, I don't know that whole, how that whole process would even go, you know, like the building the school, like the foundation, like all of it. So just there's an organization in place that facilitates all that. My job was the fundraising to raise $10,000. And that's still um, for that organization. That's still the, um, that's the amount for a schoolhouse um, that can hold up to 50 students at once and is, can, can last 
for like 20 plus years. But there's separate fundraisers too. Um, there's also fundraisers to build a well, to um, fundraise for like the supplies itself. So there's a lot of separate fundraisers. It actually like in my first week, I raised $1,000. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do this in no time. But it was not that simple. I, I thought about giving up so many times over those four years, but you know, it was more so like a vision from God. God really put that in my heart. Like I would like see it in my mind, like in dreams, you know, I envisioned myself there, like with the kids. Um, I felt God, like I was telling me to just like use the skills that he's gifted me with, which is video editing, video producing. So that is what moved the needle forward in my fundraising process to record personalized videos for people and send them individually to certain, to like my aunts, my uncles, you know, I'd be like, hey, I started this fundraiser and tell them about it. I put a video of like the community and pictures and that got people excited. But, but when I needed that last like 4,000, I had raised like $6,000 when I had needed 4,000 more. Um, God, I felt like God was telling me to reach out to one of my friends who's like, uh, who's a, like a filmmaker. I was like, I've, I feel like I've done all I can with my video. I don't really want to make another one. And so I said, hey, I, I'm just asking for your advice, how to make my video more compelling. I need to, I need to, God told me to raise this money to, for this school. And then he said, well, how much do, like, do you need? And I said, I still am short $4,000. He's like, well, I feel like God's telling me to send you that 4,000. Wait, I was like, come again? I was like, wait, are you? He's like, yeah, God told me send you the $4,000. I was like, like, you're going to send it right now. And literally five minutes later in like my cash app, $4,000 is sitting there. Oh my God, Elise. So you see this vision from this Howard alumna, you decide, okay, I want to start a school. You raise the money, you're short 4,000. You get this inclination to reach out to someone. You've reached your goal. What happens next? What's the waiting period between finishing the fundraising and actually landing in Kenya? Once I built the school or once, once I raised the money, in my mind, it, it was always kind of like a, maybe that would be nice. Maybe one day I'll go see the school, but that wasn't the, in, the initial like, intent behind it to go out there. You know, it was just to have an impact. You know, even if I can't see it, I want to at least know I can make a difference or I can do, I can do something from where I am. Um, this is a year later and they had been reaching out to me. Hey, I know you mentioned wanting to go on a trip. And they just kept sending me, you know, the different options, like the different packaging options, you know, for like, oh, well, this is like a, this, um, this one is like 5,000, this one 6,000. And I'm just like, yeah, maybe, you know, in another lifetime. I'm still like, <laughs> I did, had just graduated from college. I was doing a year of service with AmeriCorps. Like, it just did not seem like it made any sense. But then, um, oh, this is another God story that happened within it. There was just, there was in, there was a donor. It was like an anonymous donor who decided to sponsor, like, I want to say 15 to 20% of any group's, like, any group's trip out to, out to Kenya. I was the first name on the list that they thought to call. And so, I know, that was just, it, outside of that, to be honest, we probably wouldn't have even we, we wouldn't we wouldn't have gone at least at least not for a few more years that we could like raise that money. You know, five thousand. That's a lot to drop in a couple months. That in itself helped me. Like, and I'm glad that happened because that inspired me to find a way to have that moment happen for other people. You know, like even when people reach out to me 
after about, okay, how do I become a part of this next time around? I was always like hesitant to say the price because I know that's so off-putting, you know, because it can be expensive. But ever since we got back from Kenya, I had been reaching out to just um, possible sponsors and grants because I want to make this tangible for people. You know, I want to play a part in making it tangible so people can see a maybe a $1,000 to $2,000 trip abroad and maybe even cheaper than that because that's the thing that keeps people feeling like they cannot ever travel. They're like, that's too expensive. I could never afford that. But that's, you know, that's what made it, that's what made that difference, that donor, that grant that decided to sponsor the trip. Um, once that grant came through, we had 90 days to, to figure something out. Like we were at the Kenyan embassy getting our visas and we've got, I got like, you know, 10 shots that I probably didn't even need. <laughs> I think I would be like a million shots if you're about to go abroad though. It's kind of like part of the process. <laughs> I know I had like five in each arm. And so we all did this within like three months, like the whole process, just preparing to go. Literally, I think it's probably one of the best decisions that I've made in my life to just to to step out on faith and to ask my family if they want to go. And it changed all of our lives because we came back with the um, charge to not keep it to ourselves. You know, that's the biggest thing, I think, that it's like, it's just like not, it's not about us. And it's not just about people coming back to see it and to experience it like for like a vacation. You know, it's not just about that. It's just so much bigger. It's like you see the impact you can have. Like you don't have to be Oprah or Bill Gates. Like you don't have to be a multimillionaire or billionaire to, you know, make a global impact and feel like you can actually make a difference.